0: Here at Magic's testing facility, gameplay technicians simulate every possible battle. Call in the Org and the Raging Goblin. What? The Goblin's out sick? Well, send in Bob from accounting. I'd say the first round goes to the Org. Magic the Gathering. Beat your friends.
1: It's almost hard to run anybody who hasn't heard of Magic, you know, and a bunch of them tell you, oh yeah, I played that in high school, I played it with my college buddies, or you know, so you're, it's really surprising how many people, I mean, I've been was shocked to find out that like, of all people, like Ben Diesel was trying to get into the Lord of the Rings movie or whatever, because he's like a big gamer dork, you know, <laughs> so, like, you just never know, I mean, it's everybody. When you think of a person who plays a game with wizards and orcs, what kind of person do you see? We're a lot nicer than you you think we are. I, I, everybody seems really like creeped out or scared. Like you're gonna walk in, and there's gonna be all these guys with like their pocket protectors, and you know it's like they're not they're gonna be like socially inadequate and you know like not want to talk to anybody. But it, it, it's really surprising for a lot of these people when they come in and they see a room full of guys and everybody's friendly. And, you know, people are sharing cards and, you know, it's a kind of a big social gathering that doesn't fit any pre built stereotype. Like, these are guys that you work with. These are guys that, I mean, some of them are the dorks that are probably fixing your computers or whatever. You know, they might be your IT guys in the building, but, I mean, they're just guys.
0: You know, competitive magic is like playing chess with someone. It's like one of the most strategic games that you can play. Just because there's a set of rules and every card that they create somehow manipulates those rules. And there are players out there that put cards together and make huge combinations that you never would think is possible, just the way the game is set up. And it's just an interesting game because you're always coming up with new combinations and new ways to manipulate what the rules are. I don't know this, is the this is my first tournament. This my first tournament to play this because I haven't necessarily played in tournaments no since Wizards of the Coast had Pokemon. <laughs> so that's a long time ago. <laughs> I'm playing a deck called Red Deck Wind. It's just a pure red. It's what I have. Yeah. Cards are expensive, so it's hard to try and play different
1: Before Magic came along and created a whole section of the gaming industry in collectible card games, collectible cards were really kind of along the line of sports cards, where you kind of open it up, it was somebody popular or famous, and the card was worth something or it wasn't. And that was kind of the end result. You would look for the hot card, put it away, whatever. But in collectible card games, the difference is that a card's value isn't necessarily by rarity. There's not, you know, you can't have like that rare Ken Griffey Jr. card or Michael Jordan card, where because the guy went on a stellar career, his card's worth something. Like the cards kind of hold their own value based on what decks they go in. Magic, in particular, has a very interesting thing going for it in the sense that I try. It when people say, "Oh man, it seems so expensive," I said, "Well, compare a dollar per hour on entertainment, like with." If you take a date to the movies and you get a drink and popcorn or whatever, you're spending like 25 30 bucks for something that's going to be over in probably two hours. Whereas if you buy some Magic cards, you know, for $35, there's a chance you may have even opened the cards worth more than what you spent first off, and then the cards are still good forever. You can use them for 10 or 12 tournaments. You can go trade them to somebody else to get some other cards you need. I mean, there's a very long value to the money that you're spending. You can spend
0: anywhere from, like, $75 on a deck to $500 on a deck, depending on how competitive or how nice you want to
1: play. Like, if you have a $1,000 deck, it doesn't even guarantee you're going to win, because there's a lot of cards in the game that are 50 cent and $1 cards, and you can have a whole deck of those and win just the same. I mean, it's more about the strategy of all those cards coming together. So what does it mean to be part of the gathering? Our specialty really is bringing in everybody, getting people to meet other people, and building a community among the gamers more than anything else.
0: Why do you think more there are more guys than girls that play? Uh, because obviously girls don't know how to have fun. Uh, <laughs> and obviously uh, games is a huge thing to me and I, I honestly don't know why. I, I guess. Uh, because it doesn't involve shopping, I I don't know, I couldn't tell you. This would be the great place to go pick up guys, are you kidding me? Uh... (laughs) It was Here
1: I Rule was their thing. And they had some online ads and some stuff they were sending out to people and things to put up at conventions. And that's when they started really pushing like community groups and things like that. And it's been really good. I mean, Magic's had a huge, huge explosion in the player base. These aren't
0: the jocks, either. These are like the awesome people that actually have intelligence. And you know, they're not like, man, I shot that eight point
1: buck. Back in Pro Tour Austin I just played in last October. I was telling everybody, it's kind of tough when you look at everything going on in the world and all the stuff that's happening. And we had a room with 350 guys from all over the world, well, guys and girls, from everywhere. And you never known there was an issue. There's no fight, everybody's having a good time, everybody's competing. You know, it was like the Olympics of gamer dorks, you know, and there was no problem. I was actually at the airport waiting for my flight, and I had my cards out, I was just rebuilding it back just to kill time. And a guy walks up, he's an Asian guy, and he looks at me and says, you play? And I said, yeah. And as we were playing, I realized he spoke very little English, and I spoke like zero Korean, which I'm assuming, he had Korean cards, so I'm just assuming, you know, I don't really know. but. We were able to play because we each knew what each other's cards did. Because the artwork's the same across all the games, just the language is written really different. So, you know, I was still able to enjoy a game for about an hour. You know, we played three or four games, and you know, he said thanks. He got up, and left, caught his flight. Five minutes later, I went, and got mine, and you know. But that's kind of how things happen, even on the pro tour. Uh, you know, if they if they haven't played the game or several hobby games that you haven't tried, like really open up and give them a chance. I mean the experience is probably going to be different. It's going to be something that's got a lot of long-term value. And I think it's something everybody really just needs to give a little bit of thought to, to trying out. You know, like the next time you're looking for something to do, maybe grab a board game and try doing something a little bit differently instead of just parking in front of the TV, you know, and staring at something you DVR'd from last week or whatever. And just try doing something a little more social.